This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. Local productions on QTV are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. Hello everyone, welcome to Junior Doan's The Spark. I'm Junior Doan and thank you for joining us. Today I will be talking with Tony Seipke, retired from the Gladwin County Probate Court after 15 years working with Judge Thomas B. McLaughlin. Welcome Tony. Tell me about the probate court, what does it do? Well, the jurisdiction of the probate court uh, involves the um, decedent, decedent's estates, uh, the filing of wills for safekeeping, the, we do guardian and conservatorships for persons who are found to no longer be able to take care of their affairs. Um, and we also do uh, mental commitments. Those were the, you know, the, the, the majority of the functions of the probate court. So you really have to keep records very clear. Absolutely, yes. Make sure that the, the pleadings are in fact made in a timely manner and that they are in the file on the day of the hearing. And I understand people die sometimes without a will. That is correct. And then that's when the fun begins between the family. However, there are particular rules and uh, regulations regarding how things are um, divided amongst the family. Oh, okay, okay, so, that's a start. Right. And it varies by state. Right, <laughs> it does vary by state, yes. yes. So I met you because I interviewed your daughter, and what drew me to interview your daughter is she has done something that no other woman, young woman especially, in Michigan has done, and that is to compete in the Iditarod, but to raise her own dogs. <laughs> and you came along, and I was so impressed with you. I said, or really you said to me, as we were joking around, let's do it. So here we are. Oh, when you raise children, now you have a few, you know, in different four. age groups. Did you consciously have a philosophy or try to stress this or that that you felt was important to learn? Actually, I did not. I married very young, my first three children. Um, in fact, I was 18 when I had my first child. And I also, my husband was going to college at the time, and I was thrown into the work world to help with with those costs. So unfortunately, I uh, did not have a lot of time to think about, uh, you know, those things. What I found very quickly 
was that I would much rather have been at home with my children than in the work world. But that was the beginning, and I worked until five years ago. Oh, really? Yes. And what kind of lessons did you, <laughs> with Shaney, did you, did you do? Because by then, you were in the work world, but then out of the work world. That's correct. And I was much older. I was 38 when we had Shaney. Um, my second husband had not been married, had no children, came from a small family, and what I learned was that time is of the essence and time spent with that child. Um, if Shani would come to me with a book or to, with the book to her father, you know, we would drop to the floor and read. And whatever we did, whether we were outside gathering sticks from the lawn, she was beside us constantly. Did she ever say what she learned from being with you constantly? No, other than I know that her work ethic came from that and in, in just putting joy in whatever it was you were about to undertake, making the best of that. What makes joy? Love. Love. I believe love. Speak more about that. There again, I, you know, I, I do regret with my first three children that my work outside of the home and often my work inside of the home seemed to take a priority because of how I had been raised. Yes. But with Shaney, uh, there again, none of that, like I said, none of that mattered. And uh, I, I just the total love and that total love that we felt from her from the time she was an infant was just an amazing, just an amazing uh, love and she and her dad just have an incredible relationship just incredible by which you mean uh, there's nothing that dad would not do for her whether it would be time or finances to encourage and motivate her dream to working all day in a shop and coming home and helping load dogs to go train <laughs> to pursue the dream yeah interesting and that dream happened pretty early because uh, aunt and uncle had gone out Correct. to Alaska, met a founder of the Iditarod, came back, talked about it, that is and correct. then she suddenly it, it materialized in her mind as something she wanted to do. Do you think that was it or do you think there was more to it? No, I believe that was the, the beginning, but she also will tell you, she being Shaney, the gal that just finished the Iditarod, that uh, God gave her that dream to pursue that as a, as a young child at the age of nine. And he uh, directed her in so many ways, so uh, many visible signs. Uh, I remember when she was getting ready to make her move to Alaska, she had uh, contacted a well-known musher in the area uh, of Alaska to inquire about housing. Did he have any rentals available? And he wrote back and said, yes, I have a dry cabin, meaning no water, no inside facility. To, uh, he would rent for $1,000 a month. And Shaney wrote back and she said, I'm just a young girl and I, it's gonna take me everything I have to get to Alaska. I cannot afford $1,000 a month rent. And he said to her rather curtly, then you shouldn't even be in dogs. Oh. Right. 
Well, that particular man happened to be one of the race marshals on the trail this year and actually encouraged Shaney uh, at one of the checkpoints near the end, don't give up, you've come too far, you can do this. But I can tell you she did not rent from that man and she's never paid anywhere near $1,000 a month rent. And, and that is just one, one uh, leading that we all felt was of the Lord. To, to well, yes, but how wonderful it is, this man who wouldn't rent to her yes. at a more modest fee. Correct. Or at least, first off said this, was able to come around and be her champion. Absolutely. And so the room for growth in others is always there. Always there. Absolutely. Can't count on it. Right. 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 And so she raised dogs. She bought dogs here and she raised them. And how did you accommodate that, that's, never mind the cost? Uh, that's correct. We helped her get her first dog team together. It was four little dogs. And if I can back up, uh, so, so she started talking about this dream. So we took her to several dog sled races in the UP. I remember she met a musher from, I believe, Wisconsin. And he later sent an email to her. And he had like 10 dogs and a sled and a cart that he was willing to sell to her for $500 or something like that. So she raced down to the kitchen table to share that with us. And we're like, Shaney, have you ever heard the expression, if it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> it probably is. And she stomped off to the loft. How are you trying to dash my dreams, is oh. just what she said. Well, then it wasn't too much later. Someone, just by chance, happened to mention to me some people in the Traverse City area who were big into dog sledding. And we went over there on a Saturday. And we were able to find those people. And uh, they had just returned from Alaska. And they said, if you can come back tomorrow, we're going to start our spring training. And Shaney's welcome to ride on a cart, see what it's all about. Well, we came back the following morning, and Shaney rode on the dog cart, and the rest is history. By fall, we had her first little four-dog team. Oh. <laughs> and meanwhile, Dad was busy putting in the kennel, building the dog trailer, building the dog houses, all so this little girl could race. And that was at the age of 14. We held out for quite a while before we gave in. Oh, I'm, I'm you know, <laughs> I always think in life, you either do it quote, on your own, you don't have that sport, or you have what you're talking to me about. Right. That people who just, including parents, but help you take the next step. Absolutely. Right, and how wonderful that it's him. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Father, right. Father, right. Father. And uh, just the hours, and the hours that he put in, like I said, after he would work a long day, come home and have dinner, and then they would load the dogs up and go out on the country roads to train. What's involved in training? Do <laughs> they rush around or do it in a certain way or I get used to the cart? Well, getting used to the cart, I remember the first time they had the cart and the dogs out. And they were actually at Grandma and Grandpa's house. And Dad and Shaney had gone out a few minutes ahead of me. And when I got there, oh boy, everybody was all upset. The dogs wouldn't go down the path. And uh, oh, they just were having trouble. The cart had tipped over on Shaney. And I remember saying to them, do we need to be running four dogs? Why couldn't we try this with two dogs? Right. They put two dogs in the trailer, went with two dogs, and it went much better. So all of it was just a total learning experience. Uh, I remember one time we were training, and the dogs ended up on someone's porch. <laughs> they got loose? No. 
Nope, they drugged little Shaney right along on the training cart. Uh, they had some German Shepherds tied in their front lawn, and our I'm dogs distracted. were just being social. One time, the, they took her Shaney into a cornfield where an Amish woman was cutting corn. There just <laughs> been a ton of experiences. Not all good, but she persevered. We all persevered. She learned to be the lead dog, so to speak. Absolutely. Leader of the pack. Absolutely. Was she that like that as a child? No. She, Shaney had always been extremely quiet and shy, very sensitive. But it didn't take her long to realize, I have to be in control. Someone has to be in control here, and it's got to be me. And once she found that role, she never let go. Perseverance. Perseverance. That's what I'm most proud of. Someone said to me at our thank you presentation uh, last weekend that your heart must just be busting with joy. And I said, the, most, the thing I'm most proud of with Shaney is her discipline, her dedication. She never gave up. She never looked back. On the other hand, the yes. story you told me the other day when you all were over, would you care to share that? The two of them. You know, Mom, I'm almost at the finish line or whatever. That is true. And that is true. Um, 1,000 miles behind your team of dogs. Yes. You've already dropped nine dogs. You're down to seven. And you've got, what, I believe 300 miles yet to go at that point. Maybe it was less. But she did call. She just didn't know if those seven dogs had in, a, in them what it was going to take to get across that finish line. And Shaney's husband, Jeremy, and mom and dad, we just encouraged her, told her to rest. She was tired. I think she was mentally fatigued at that yes. time. And we just told her, you know your dogs. You need to give them some rest. You're not in this to win it, you know. Right. So rest and then reevaluate, reassess. And she was able to go on and finish that race. And then when she was packing up by herself and she called home because she couldn't get yes. something on top of yes. that truck, what was the story there? So the husband, Jeremy, and the dogs did not get to leave Nome, Alaska when Shaney and mom and dad were, did. They had to, before they could book their flights, they had to know how many dogs were actually going to finish. So that booking took place late. Shaney and I and Dad left on Monday morning. Jeremy and the dogs were to come out on Tuesday. Well, Jeremy's plane froze on the tarmac in <laughs> Nome, so they kept telling him that they, they thought they could get this under control, they thought they could get the plane started. Well, in the end, no, they came on and said, no, this plane is going nowhere. Meanwhile, the Nome airport had closed up, they were ever able to get in to, for lodging for the night, however, on the floor of the airport. Meanwhile, the seven dogs come back to Anchorage, as well as the sled and whatever leftover bags they had. Well, Dad and I had already left to come back to Michigan. There's Shaney with the, uh, this huge sled that she had pushed all over Alaska right behind her dogs. But putting it on the top of the vehicle for transport was another matter. The sled was very heavy. So she said to me, how am I, you know. My phone. How, right. How am I going to get this sled up on top of this truck, you know? And I'm like, Shaney, did you just complete the Iditarod? And she said, yes. And I said, there's nothing you can't do. She said, uh-huh. <laughs> and she loaded that sled. And she got her dogs loaded. 
and a happy ending. What's it hard on you to have your daughter move across the country to it, such a separated life? It was very hard, uh, yes. And in fact, the very day, Dad drove with Shaney to Billings, Montana, where he took a plane and came home. Shaney met up with two gentlemen that had come up from Colorado with their dogs and their dog trucks. They were also going to Juneau to work for the summer. But when they left our driveway, it was just incredibly difficult. Not only that immediate physical loss, but when I looked out into the dog kennel and I see 20 plus dog houses with their <laughs> chains still there, it was incredible the grief I felt. Just incredible. Yes. And there, when we talk about God watching over, yes. Shaney had met one of the two young men one time and then was off on this journey from Billings, Montana to Juneau, Alaska in her old beater truck. And, you know, we didn't really know those fellows. We were oh, all... Oh, they went with her. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was several day trip, you know. Anything could have happened. But God had his eye on her and, and it was all good. Except for the broken line, brake line somewhere in Canada. But there again, thank God she had those two young men with her. They were able to get the part and get it fixed and get back on the road. Now you've mentioned God a few times. You feel that as a presence in your life, even a protective presence, or for for me, absolutely, yes, uh, very much so. I I just feel Him in my heart. I feel His Spirit with me, and with Shaney, we have just we have just watched the works that He has done in her life, and just the total protection he has given her. This, this woman, the first winter she was in Alaska, she was alone. And she had moved from the Juneau area to the Fairbanks area. And when I received the email that she was going to make that move, the, all I could think of was negative 30, negative 40 degrees. <laughs> and here goes Shaney. And she, uh, she made her move up into a little cabin, outdoor plumbing. And started training on trails that she did not know. And this is Alaska. And there are moose and there are wolves. And yet he took her out. God took her out on her training trails and he brought her home each time safe. Shaney does not, for whatever reason, we're not quite sure, want to carry a weapon. And she has oh. had several close encounters with moose, which can devastate a dog team. Yes. But there again, God's eye has been on her, and she has felt his protection. Now, you have other children. I have three other children from a previous relationship, yes. And I love them dearly. Uh, my two sons both struggle with alcohol issues, and um, it's been pretty devastating. My son in South Carolina was a very successful pharmaceutical salesman and then training manager made a lot of money in some people's eyes that's all success but I saw that as the beginning of a real downward spiral he was kept from his family a lot of nights training in different cities which led to sitting in the bars with his sales person personnel and um, that son is uh, just so handsome and so intelligent and such a wonderful personality but eventually that that alcohol took hold and he struggles daily with that right now 
My other son also has alcohol issues. He's in the banking industry, raising four children on his own. He's doing his best, but a lot of struggle. My daughter from that prior relationship is an executive with the Kellogg Company. And I, I myself just sit sometimes and wonder, you know, how, how it happens that they're all affected so differently. And what's a parent to do at this what age? What is a parent <laughs> to do at this age, right? You know, you just hang in there with them and you just reinforce your love for them. And my oldest son actually telephoned me just on Friday. Um, he loves the out of doors. And in South Carolina, it's very hot and very humid from early in the spring until late in the fall. And he is really missing Michigan right now, talking, you know, he just wants to come home. And then he said to me, Mom, you're home. He repeated that to me twice, and I thought, all is not lost. All is not lost. You know, you're so wise to keep the commitment uh, or the line to. open, however you right. say it. We have to. There, there have been times when I have had to say, not now, not now. But, you know, we can work through this because there's love at the end of all of that, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes it's a rough journey. It, yes, that's true. Uh, we had a matrix, a local festival, Matrix Midland, years ago. The father of the man, of uh, John Hinckley, who shot Reagan. And his, he was talking about what, a, what can a parent do? He took, and he and his wife, took the psychiatrist's recommendation. You've tried everything, it doesn't work, throw him on the street. And I thought, <laughs> How can you possibly say that as a professional? Or Anyway, it's been in my mind a long time. How do you, you can withdraw, but you stay in touch, you know? Right, and that it is difficult. It's, yeah. Um, I think the thing we have to remember is we cannot let them destroy our lives or uh, be the basis for our mood each day. I did attend a, uh, it was through Alcoholics Anonymous. I can't remember which division I had gone to. I went to one of their meetings. There were probably four or five parents there. And it was so discouraging. They just said to me, they're all liars. They're cheaters. They'll rob you blind. I came from that meeting vowing I would never go to another meeting like that again, and that I would never give up on my sons. And I had that discussion with my the oldest son. Uh, the oldest son and I have a very good rapport. No matter how rough it gets, we can talk it out. My second son, who is the middle child, he, uh, um, I'm told he plays the passive-aggressive game with me, will tell me exactly what it is I want to hear, but then turn his back and say just the opposite. Oh. Uh, he doesn't, we don't have that great uh, discussion time. But um, you just, you can't give up, but you cannot let it interfere with your daily, you can't let it rob your joy. It took me a long time in my own life to realize not everybody's on the same path as I want to be on. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. And that's okay, right? Well, it got to be okay. <laughs> right. I was like, really? <laughs> How surprising is that? But it is also... If you, if you buy into the idea that we're here to learn, right, Absolutely. and we're to live in God's grace or try and do well and leave it right. a better, if you do, 
then that journey that you know is full of rocks and setbacks and smooth waters and everything like that and if you realize that like I'm in a wonderful time in my life right now I never fool myself that it's anything but right now right because <laughs> I've had the earlier time right <laughs> so now is fun now, now you know, is fun. this is it right for this second you know right. see you know just you can't plan good or bad you Absolutely. hope for the best but right. you have to deal with what what comes your way I think so I do too because if you do not then you end up bitter Absolutely. and bitter is not a way to live no regret is not. is not a way to live right. we need to move on right we need to move on from those things that have made us unhappy or that we've struggled with and it's I'm not sure that we move on but we take it with us but the focus is less on it that's true too that <laughs> is true too if you know what I mean you can't disown your experience that's um, true but you can't it's where you put your attention to some extent right. you know right. and there are some people who just put it on the negative and they're trapped in this cycle and some people put it the other way and some you know some in between happens but I think it's important if you really want to live a life of fullness that you understand that that people are different and you know the only person you have to say over is yourself right <laughs> Right. <laughs> and not to be, and people are different, and not to be judgmental when you, you know, sometimes just when we see someone, we'll have this thought, and then I, I will say, Lord, take that thought from me. What do I know about that individual or, or the circumstances? And who am I? That's true. Because as you said, you know, we have all, we have all been there. Uh, all <laughs> too often. Right. Um, <laughs> So I, I really want to thank you for uh, being part of this. Um, I think I think we've learned a lot here. Um, one is to, um, as a parent, spend as much time as you can with your child early on because yes. those are the things that are important. Number two recognize their influences that you have no say over an aunt goes to who goes out, out right. west you know and the third is the influence of the divine uh, or the role of God however you care to say it and the fourth is that not every life is perfect all the time and you have to stand in grace and space to do what you can to encourage the the love part but also know that that is theirs not yours and to live as fully as you can in in a loving way and you don't know what's on another person's back you don't know that's why I always tell you go out and do something kind for someone you know and someone you don't know and do it every single day till I see you next but also pay attention to the kindnesses that come your way I call them kisses from the universe someone smiles someone holds the door someone does something sweet recognize it and thank you and thank you for tuning in and I will see you next time have a wonderful week appreciate it so much Tony to contact Junia send her an email at juniadonesthespark at gmail.com for more information, program schedules, and news about future guests, go to www.juniadonethespark.com. Thank you for joining us. See you next time on Junia Dones the Spark.
Local productions on QTV are made possible with support from viewers like you. Thank you. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov mctv